Welcome to the Mamas in Midlife podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Lewis, and this week's podcast is Practicing Self-Compassion. Hey, everybody. How's your fall going? I mentioned in last week's podcast about how excited I was to have fall come and how I love seeing all the fun fall decorations. And I decided for the first time to decorate my porch with some fall decorations and flowers. I bought some moms, Costco was selling these big, a big, beautiful container of moms for a pretty reasonable price. I thought, oh, let me get some of these. And now I'm hoping I can figure out how to keep them alive. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, As far as reviews, if you have been enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. It helps this podcast to get out to more of the mamas in midlife. Okay, on to the topic for this week, which is practicing self-compassion. When working with clients, I usually start with seeing if they are meeting their basic physical needs. I talk about I talked about this on a previous podcast, so I won't go into much detail other than to mention that basic needs entail getting sufficient f- food or fuel for our body, getting enough water, um, making sure that we're getting enough sleep, taking care of our physical care, and exercising. So once I know that they are doing a better job with meeting some of these basic needs, then I will work with them on developing coping skills. One of my colleagues, Dr. Mark Bird, wrote a book called In Tandem. And in the book, he talks about developing individual coping skills and how critical this is in starting the healing process. So what this looks like as far as coping skills might be scheduling time to read a book. Maybe it's gardening, getting nails done, going on a hike, maybe painting, taking a bubble bath. And there are many, many more items that could be on this list. I have clients look at this list and pick out as many items as they can, items they'd be willing to do by themselves. I then ask them to intentionally schedule an item on the list. They can do more if they like, but usually being able to schedule just one one can be a task for them. You might ask, why is scheduling just one such a task? And the reason is sometimes when someone comes in to see me, they have not been prioritizing themselves especially in helpful, productive ways. They have forgotten or maybe never even learned how to be compassionate or nurturing to themselves, which can be such a great catalyst to healing. It really helps to start nurturing themselves and spending time with themselves. So what does it really mean to have compassion for ourselves? We might find that we are able to show compassion for others but not necessarily ourselves. Dr. Kristen Neff has written extensively extensively on the subject of self-compassion. Dr. Kristen Neff explains self-compassion in three parts, and I'm gonna go ahead and go through those three parts. So the first one is having self-kindness versus self-judgment. This means we are understanding and kind towards ourselves, especially when we struggle or we feel inadequate, or we're suffering with maybe some kind of pain. Instead of ignoring our pain or being judgmental, we can practice self-compassion. Practicing self-compassion can come in the form of recognizing 
that we're going to struggle at times and we're going to feel painful emotions. Instead of getting angry and frustrated when we do struggle, we can be gentle and kind to ourselves. We can say to ourselves what we may say to a good friend that's struggling. And it may sound something like this if I was talking to myself. Lisa, I can see you're really struggling right now. I'm so sorry. What can I do for you? Or what do you need right now? When we acknowledge our suffering and take care of ourselves with gentleness, we are avoiding the pitfall of increasing our suffering, stress, and frustration. I actually, just this past week, found myself falling into this pitfall of the self-judgment. I had made dinner for my family, and we had various family members that were here at the time, and not everybody ended up being here to eat the meal, or they weren't interested in eating it, and I was feeling some frustration. Instead of allowing myself to just be frustrated for a little while and go and take care of myself, maybe going on a walk or doing something else related to self-care from that coping skills list I was talking about earlier, I just sat there and I spun in my head about what happened and I was being very judgmental on myself about how I was feeling. And I was, I remember specifically thinking that I know this work and I should be able to do this work and not get so frustrated. The, the self-judgment just went on and on and my feelings continued to get worse and worse. If I would have just allowed myself to have a little bit of being frustrated, like, yeah, Lisa, it's okay that you're frustrated. You took time to make a meal and not everybody wanted to eat it or they weren't here. And just to allow myself to have that frustration, it probably would have passed a lot quicker. But instead, I spun in self-judgment and I didn't have that self-compassion. The next thing that Dr. Kristen Neff talks about related to having self-compassion is common humanity versus isolation. When we struggle or experience painful emotions, it can be common to think that it's just us that is suffering. Maybe we know people or see others on social media that seem to be having everything going their way. The fact is that all people suffer. That is part of the human experience, to suffer and be imperfect. So implementing self-compassion entails having an awareness that all suffer and that it's not just us. Number three, mindfulness versus over-identification. When we experience negative emotions, we want to be mindful of what the negative emotions are without suppressing them and also without exaggerating them. Self-compassion is being aware of our thoughts and feelings without judgment. It is the judgment of our thoughts and feelings that keep us from feeling self-compassion. This is kind of what happened to me the other day was having all this judgment about my thoughts and feelings. And that is what kept me from feeling self-compassion at that time. So just allowing for the emotions to process in our bodies without feeling like a victim to them. This could look like saying such statements such as, it's okay that you're sad or frustrated or irritated right now, and then asking what we need. Our emotions indicate our needs. So acknowledging what we're feeling, identifying the need, and then working to resolve the need can be the means of showing self-compassion. The lack of self-compassion is something that I often see 
when clients come into my office. As they start practicing these concepts though, I see them progress towards goals and healing is taking place. If you are needing more self-compassion in your life, I hope that you can implement some of these ideas and really take time to nurture yourself. Thank you for joining me today on the Mamas in Midlife podcast, and I will see you next week.